Hello, and welcome to Songwriter Spotlight, the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative Series. I'm Dr. Dan, your host of the show, where we feature Western Mass songwriters who perform their original songs and talk about the art of songwriting. Stay tuned to explore more about music and the tunesmithing that creates it. This episode's featured songwriter is Peter Lendorf. He writes folk and jazz songs about everyday life. Some are humorous, some are serious. They are observations about the things that happen to him and the stuff he sees. There are stories about cars, what he eats, and the places he has lived. He'll perform six of his songs and then sit down with me for a conversation about his songwriting. Stay tuned for Peter Lindorf. This song is called East Longmeadow. Um, when I lived out in Colorado, I wrote a song called Aurora about a, uh, a city outside of Denver with a lot of tract houses. When I moved back to Massachusetts, I thought, I should recycle that song. And uh, so I rewrote it to fit um, the area where I lived. Unfortunately, the town I lived in didn't rhyme very well, so I decided to use East Longmeadow and rhyme it with that. Just like all the others Water my lawn till it's nice and green My wife has a garden, she grows beans And we all live in East Longmeadow Well, I drive every day down to Hartford I got me a job in a skyscraper I wear a jacket, I wear a tie, I sell insurance. I'm a nice guy so we can live in East Longmeadow. I just bought an American car, it's a station wagon. With fake wood vinyl on the sides, gets 10 miles to the gallon. So we can get around in East Longmeadow. Just like all the others Water my lawn till it's nice and green My wife has a garden, she grows beans And we all live in East Longmeadow Well, I've got two great kids, I'm not bragging I keep them in the back of that station wagon they get up in the morning, they go to school. One's below average, the other's a fool. But we all live in East Longmeadow. And we all live in East Longmeadow. And we live in a house just like all the others. Water my lawn till it's nice and green. My wife has a garden, she grows beans and wheat. All live in East Longmeadow. Well, I drove home one night to my house. I said good evening to my spouse. Grabbed my dinner, started to watch TV. I noticed everybody all staring at me. 
It was the wrong house in East Long Meadow. And we all live in East Long Meadow. And we live in a house just like all the others. Water my lawn till it's nice and green. My wife has a garden, she grows beans, and we all live in East Long Meadow. East Long Meadow, Massachusetts, USA. This song is called It Just Depends. It originally started out that it was going to be a song about dating, uh, specifically trying to date after a 40-year marriage. I realized I wasn't ready, and this song is more of a conversation. There's a coat still in the closet. There's a purse by the door There's a box of your things Up on the second floor I live in the same old house I still have your old hound Every day he walks in To see if you're around But I still have a sense of humor and I still have some real good friends. I'm easy going, but sometimes it just depends. When I talk about the bad times, sometimes I have to laugh. Last month was your birthday, a few years now have passed. I tried to join that dating site, but I quit halfway through. They kept asking what I want. I kept describing you. I wrote, I've got a sense of humor, and I've got a bunch of friends. I'm easy going, but sometimes it just depends. came with lots of baggage we unpacked it over time now it fits in one suitcase what was ours is just mine the sun came through the curtains onto your side of the bed I was drinking my morning coffee I remembered what you said you said you've got a sense of humor and you've got a bunch of friends. You're easy going, although sometimes it just depends. You're easy going, although sometimes it just depends.
song is called Love on the Line. It's the, uh, it was the title song of my CD that was out on Signature Sounds back in the mid-90s. And it's the, uh, the story of a long-distance relationship carried out on voicemail. Well, we have been married for a year or two. People think it's strange that I've never met you. But we were married on the telephone. So tell me that you love me after the tone. Tell me that you love me after the tone. Tell me that you love me and me alone. Buzz me, fax me, do it one more time, and let's put our marriage back on the line. Yeah, let's put our marriage back on the line. Well, I gave you a ring on our wedding day. In Chicago and I was in LA. Your dad was on his iPad. My mom zoomed from the mall. The priest called from the church. It was a conference call. Your friends logged on with FaceTime. Uncle Jim had gone to bowl. We marched down our aisles to the music on hold. Your brother played the touchstones for a hymn or two. The priest got on the line and we said our I do. Tell me that you love me after the tone. Tell me that you love me and me alone. Buzz me, fax me, do it one more time. Let's put our marriage back on the line. Yeah, let's put our marriage back on the line. Well, we had a great reception, if you pardon the pun. You cut the cake, babe, and FedEx me some. The honeymoon was awesome. We faxed until dawn. You faxed me from your sofa. I text you from my lawn. Well, absence, they say, makes the heart grow fonder. That's why I'm here and you're way out yonder. Now it's time to settle down and raise a kid or two. Your doctor said for me to mail this bottle to you. Tell me that you love me after the tone. Tell me that you love me. Me alone. Buzz me. Fax me. Do it one more time. And let's put our marriage back on the line. Yeah, let's put our marriage 
song is called Marriage of Convenience. I live on Main Street in a really small town in Massachusetts, and I used to walk down to our local convenience store and pick up milk and ice cream and things like that. And I noticed this young couple working there. Actually, he was working there, and she was, she was dressed up like it was a date, keeping him company. And so I started to think about them, you know, every time I'd go in. And then, as songwriters do, I gave them names and created a life for them. Well, Billy worked on Main Street at the little store he just bought a little truck it was a four by four Monday on his day off he was driving down the street he was getting kinda hungry for something good to eat for lunch he bought a slurpee he bought a hostess pie then he saw her working there was love at first sight. Heather was a pretty gal, she was tall, she was slim. He smiled at her, she smiled at him, he smiled right back again. It's a marriage of convenience, a marriage made in heaven. Billy works at the Cumberland Farms and Heather at the 7-Eleven. Well, Billy bought a hostess pie almost every day. Four or five weeks later, he asked her on a date. They said they might get married. They never reached second base. But Heather always kept a few condoms just in case they kept each other company most days of the week Billy kept an eye on Heather and she kept Billy on a short leash then one night at Billy's store while he was stocking shelves Heather was off in the corner reading Cosmo to herself it's a marriage of convenience, a marriage made in heaven. Billy works at the Cumberland Farms and Heather at the 7-Eleven. Well, a big old rusty car pulled up that had one headlight out. A guy came in, he walked around, he was checking Heather out. He walked up to Billy and he pulled out a gun well heather knocked him out with a frozen burrito and a sack of hot dog buns they vowed right then and there they'd never be apart they had their wedding party in the 7-eleven parking lot all their guests had slurpees we all had hostess pies and one and all we offer this toast to the groom and his new bride. It's a marriage of convenience, 
It's a marriage made in heaven. Billy works at the Cumberland Farms and Heather at the 7-Eleven. Well, Billy and Heather, they run a little store. Heather had that burrito bronze that's hanging by the door. If you stop in to see them, tell them I said hi. And pick up a gallon of milk and a hostess pie. It's a marriage of convenience. It's a marriage made in heaven. Billy works at the Cumberland Farms and Heather at the 7-Eleven. It's a marriage of convenience. It's a marriage made in heaven. Billy works at the Cumberland Farms and Heather at the 7-Eleven. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
I suppose I could have worked a little harder, been a little richer, been a little smarter. Richer, poor, good times are bad, I wouldn't change much about the love we've had. Happiness to say, can't buy money, and hindsight's always 2020. But nothing could change my love for you. But nothing could change my love for you. No, nothing could change my love for you. This song is called So Far So Good. When my late wife was in hospice, her visiting nurse, Sharon, would uh, come over every other night uh, to check on her. And one night she said, as she was leaving, well, so far so good. I used to think too much about my bucket list. Is the glass half empty? Maybe the glass is too damn big. Woke up each morning, you were smiling at me. When I looked into your eyes, you were all I need. After every rainstorm, after that hurricane, after it snows like hell, the sun always comes out again. Things are what they were, they will be what they are. People said we were going places and we did just not far. So far, so good, doing okay. Feeling pretty good Can't complain Knock on wood So far So good When I was 50, things were a little iffy. When I turned 60, I just said, oh, what the hell. I wish you were with me. I wish you were near. I wish I could show you that we're doing okay right here. So far, so good, doing okay, feeling pretty good, can't complain, knock on wood, so far, so good. Lendorf, that's some great music you uh, recorded for us, uh, a nice 
a review of the different aspects of your songwriting. Uh, very, very enjoyable. Thank you. Oh, thanks a lot, Dan. Yeah, sure. I uh, always enjoy uh, hearing you perform and thinking about your songs. Um, so you, we want to talk about your songwriting. Um, wh what started you writing songs? Um, I, guess in, I guess in high school I started, I was playing guitar and writing a few songs, very personal, sappy songs. Uh, <laughs> And then putting music to certain poems, and I was writing a lot of poetry in 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 high school, and uh, so then I started rhyming things and putting them to putting them into music and doing that type of thing. So that's that's kind of how it how it started. Then I started trying to do more funny funny types of songs and parodies and things like that so that's how it kind of kind of evolved so when did the parody start um that started pretty early because it's really it's a really easy way to make mu make songs i mean it, and i would listen to things like uh oh I'm trying to think. I like Alan Sherman and uh, different, you know, you know, those were all like they took an existing, you know, song like Frere Jacques or something like that mm -hmm. and put put different lyrics to them. But anyway, um, so it was, it was kind of like a, a primal thing for you. About the time you figured out how to write, you started doing it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, kind of, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And then I think I think also listening to to people like Tom Paxton and mm -hmm. you know just sing about all different kinds of little things, the little things in life that I started to write songs about it. Huh. Okay. Um, any estimate on how many songs you've written? Oh, geez, no. no. <laughs> um, not all of them are good, but <laughs> you know, I've written some clunkers, but. I think you have to write the clunkers to get to the to the decent ones. Yeah. Or so somewhere you have a a file full of not so good songs. Okay. Or well, or it's I wouldn't say they're not so good. They're just never. They were never finished enough to be good, you know, to be to be presentable. So you know, I might do it at an open mic or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, Luthier's open mic or something like that. And they usually, actually, actually, Luthier's it was after it was a little bit fleshed out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's some some demand for quality at the, at the open mic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, let me see. So what makes you want to write a song? Um, boy. Um, Sometimes once you get into it, you you can't stop. Um, you know, it's like you think, oh, that that's working, that's working, that's working. and then just things start coming into, things start falling into place. Whether it's a story or a, uh, um, or a pun, <laughs> or a, you know, a joke or a phrase. So so sometimes. I'll hear a phrase and then I'll think, well, what could I do with that? Or, you know, is it a story? How can I twist that? So sometimes it starts with a with a cliche or 
a metaphor or something like that and and then you start writing the song and sometimes by the time you're done with the song that line isn't even in the song anymore you know so sometimes it becomes something else but um, you know it's just kind of uh, it kind of leads you a certain way and then there's there's some other times that that you know I really want to write a song about a certain topic and I just keep on working at it mm -hmm. until it until I get it well it makes me wonder is this like a non-stop thing for you I mean you just while you're awake you're thinking about songs no no I am and I go through these big dry periods hmm. you know like recently recently I hadn't written a song I, I I'm a slow writer I it takes me a long time to write a song or to edit a song and sometimes it it'll take uh, sometimes people say give me an idea and they say well you need to write a song about this and and so and then I'll and then I try sometimes I need props I need homework sometimes like there was one song I don't well I didn't do it for the the songs that you have but I went to a songwriting workshop and uh, the workshop instructor paired me up with this other other guy, uh, Ray Welch from Rhode Island, and said, "Well, you two guys are going to co-write a song." And uh, so he had he had an, a, a, just a germ of an idea, and so we just went back and forth. But this was all by email and by sending recordings, and then we finally got together and and did the song. So that was good. And sometimes it'll be like. Uh, there was, I, I'm a member of the Rhode Island Songwriters Association. And uh, I was in a showcase and I had to, they have a prompt that the showcase the month before will, um, will come up with a prompt for the next month's showcase. And so we had to do, uh, you know, the theme was, uh, what if there, I, it was some esoteric thing. What if there are no more witnesses? That was the that was the theme. Okay. <laughs> and so that's what I ended up uh, working on. You know, doing a song from that. And you had it ready a month later. No. Well, then then actually the. Uh, then the virus started rearing its head and, and it was delayed for a month and we did get that we did get it in so actually I had two months to do it <laughs> so so what's involved in your editing process uh, sometimes it's just finding how much is necessary how much I can how much I can eliminate um, a lot of times I'll look at a lot of my songs when I first write them they're they're five minutes long or six minutes long which is really too long for most songs I mean except for Bob Dylan but um, you go to uh, do it and it's it's like by the time you're done with the song even though there's a, you think there's a lot of parts that you don't want to let go of a lot of times people you know people say well who cares about that <laughs> You, know, you have to you have to really say what what is necessary to the story and are, are you repeating 
like I've had different people who went through my songs says, well, you really like somebody's pointed out says you really repeat your taglines a lot. And it was like a little bit too, it was almost a little bit too much. So I have to cut that back. Like for the album I'm hopefully working on again soon. Um, I was working with Jim Henry on the songs and he says, well, you, you really, he, he was able, a new set of, sometimes a new set of ears can hear things and uh, say, well, you, you repeat that line an awful lot, which I tend to like the repeat things to just drive things home, but that's kind of my style. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the editing, and then part of it is uh, well, just shortening. Usually it's shortening. For, in my case, I need to shorten songs. And mm -hmm. just find out whether I really need that a whole verse. Sometimes it's a whole verse, or do I need that many choruses? You know, I mean, I think when you do things live, it's different. You you might want an extra chorus to have people sing along, or I mean, uh, sometimes people like to sing along. So, you know. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about some of the people who've influenced you in your songwriting. Can you talk about some others that sort of, what is it that they did that inspired you or motivated you? Well, it was, it, some of it depended on the time, on the particular time in my musical journey <laughs> that, uh, you know, that like when I was a little kid, sometimes I would, I would watch the Ed Sullivan show and I'd see different comedians doing songs, right? I remember watching. Uh, I think the, I think it was called "That Was the Week That Was," mm, a TV yeah. show with, that was a and great I think, one. Yeah, and Tom Lehrer was on that. And I go, wow, that's great, you know. And he would kind of write these. I think he was writing them. They were very topical. I mean, very, yeah. you know, on topic. So that influence. Although I don't do any of his really do any of his songs or anything like that. He was an influence. Um. Um. Tom Rush was a big influence for me early on, um, not so much as a songwriter because he was more he was more somebody that collected songs, but the songs that he would. That was how I first heard about James Taylor or Joni Mitchell or Jackson Brown. It wasn't by listening to J those people, hmm. he was covering them back in the '60s, and so. You know, there was a, I remember there was a radio show on WBZ AM on Sunday nights. I think it was called the Dick Summer Subway. And there, there were different folk, there were a couple of folk shows on it that were on. And I would listen to it down in the basement. And, you know, Tom Rush would be on with his, he would bring in reel-to-reel -reel tape recordings of what he was working on. And uh, I got to hear, you know, him talk about a lot of different songwriters and stuff like that. And then there were others, I think Tom Paxton was a big, you know, because he could do funny songs and could do really beautiful, serious songs. Um, then later on, John Prine was a big a model. I, I would say he was more of a model and, you know, I, I couldn't write like him, but, you know, I liked, I was, people would compare me to him sometimes and I thought, well, that's not, that's not really... <laughs> Go ahead, but <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I'm not nowhere near that. 
So maybe they gave you a sense of the possibilities. Yeah, uh, that's know. a good way to look at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think John Prime made it made it okay to you know look at the odd sides of life and the and the weird you know the weird things that happen, and so that that definitely influenced me. Steve Goodman is another one, you know, that that would write funny songs and then sad songs and. You know, so he was another influence. Yeah. So um, you mentioned you like to write about small things. Um, is there, what would be a good way to describe it, what you like to write about? Well, I like to, I kind of like to make fun of myself because I, I think it's a way to minimize, um, wait a my lights are flashing there. Uh, when the, uh, you know, I like to look at the things that are happening around me and sometimes the things that um, I might be afraid of or, you know, so it's like I've written songs about death and um, being paranoid and, and songs about sickness and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll, and, and it's a way of, it's a way of kind of, you know, packaging some of the things that are happening in my life. And uh, um, so I write about those things. I've written a lot about cars and stuff. I've always been a car nut. I've always had bad cars, but I always write about, <laughs> I like to write about them. Um, and traveling and, you know, different, you know, I mean, I, one of the first songs I wrote that, stuck around for a while was called um it was called the laundry pen and was i remember when i was going away to camp for the first time my mom handed me a you know a laundry pen you know and she said put your name on all your sweater put your name on everything so you don't lose stuff and so that became a song put your name on all your sweaters put your name on your underwear <laughs> and so that was a song that you know you know, it was just, it was about underwear and socks and uh, putting your name on stuff. And so, stuff that other people might not see, I guess. Yeah, so it's like taking small, <clears throat> taking small things and making them more important or... Yeah, I, I, making, just making, just realizing that they're, yeah, making them more important, but just noticing them, mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what what method do you follow when you write a song? Mm. I don't think there's a method. I, I don't. I don't really have a method. Um, usually, it starts with the lyrics. Usually, it starts with words, and then I. Uh, lately, the music I've had music, and you know, I, I then I'll put. I'll say, "Geez, that," and I. A lot of times I don't feel, oh, I, I think I'm a decent guitarist, but I don't like to just play on stage an instrumental. It's pretty rare that I'll, you know, there are just so many really good instrumentalists that, that can play and it, you know. So I usually, I said, ah, I think I better put some words to that, then I'll, I'll feel better. 
<laughs> I'll feel more confident if I hide it with some some goofy words or something like that. So usually, but but then a lot of my if there's a method at all, it's that my songs are a lot of them are they're either stories or conversations or conversations about stories. I like to I always think of it as talking to somebody, hmm. and that's a way. You know, just putting it into a into words. Like I, there's one song. Um, I was asked to write a song about Huntington's disease, which is the disease that my that my wife had, and it's so complicated because it's a gen, you know it's genetic and it's a brain disease and all that stuff. And I said, well, that's kind of impossible. You know, I you know I told them I said it's kind of not going to be possible to write it, but actually it's. You know, I made it a story and a letter. You know, I made it a letter from somebody to somebody else, and then it was easier to 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 encapsulate it into a a set of facts and a set of emotions and things like that. And I think that's true of a lot of the other songs that I've done. They're they're either a letter or a message from somebody or a phone call or you know. So you want to you try to get away from the sort of omniscient narrator songwriting yeah. process. This happened and that happened and so on. Yeah, yeah. I don't usually. I don't think I. I'm trying to think if I have any like that. And there, I'm sure there's. I'm sure I do. But you know, where where I'm talking about, he did this or. Mm -hmm. You know. Usually it's like, you know. I wish this or I saw you this. You know I. I remember when we did this. Well, Marriage of Convenience is, is a narrator. Yeah. Um, but you get away with it really well. I mean, it's, it, I, I never at any point feel like you're dragging me through a story. It, it's it's so visual and... Um, yeah, actually that's, yeah, you're right. That's one, that, that's one that's, a, that's a narrator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't feel like a narrator. It's, it, you know, it doesn't, have that sort of leaden quality that a narrator might have. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's such a light song, um, but also very cool. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So co-writing, um, that's different from writing. Uh, what would you describe the, the difference being? Well, first of all, I haven't done it that much. I mean, there, mm -hmm. was, there was one other song where I wrote the music for somebody else that had written some words. Um... um that was that was a, that was a while ago, and then co-writing. It's a it's a whole different process, and different people approach it a different way, different different ways. Like sometimes people write part of it and then send it to somebody else, and then they work on it, and then they send it back and forth. Um, sometimes people just go in a room and and start working on. It. I've got an, I've got these ideas. What do you want to work on? You know, and and they kind of. Uh, hole up for a weekend and write a bunch of songs. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, you know, we wrote, uh, um, Ray had an idea of uh, finding a photograph in a notebook of a, either a lost love or, or somebody that had passed. And so I, uh, and then we, 
we started working on it and I came up with the idea of somebody had, somebody was talking about a learning curve and I thought well the opposite of that might be the forgetting curve and so I came up with the curve of forgetting and it's about how it takes a long time to get over something you know in this case it was somebody passing away or something mm -hmm. you know. Um, so that's, and sometimes it won't, sometimes it won't be, you know, I think sometimes it won't be 50-50, but you just always have to treat it as 50-50. Like it's always going to be, you always have to say, well, I couldn't have gotten there without somebody else, even though maybe I wrote more of the words or something like that. I mean, in this case, it, it we didn't, it was definitely, it was definitely 50-50. You know, I, you know, I tried to, at one point I was giving him more credit and he says, nah, he says, then he pointed out all, all the points where, you know, on the music and on the words, he says, nah, it's, it's equal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But, so I don't know, it was a good, it was a good experience. I'd, I'd probably do it again. But. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, while we're talking about people who write songs, so what what do you recommend to people who are starting out writing songs or people who would like to hone their skills? Um, well, don't do what I do, <laughs> which is not you just have to you have to write and you have to write the, the you have to write the clunkers to get them out of the way, because that might you have to write down. I, you know, I'm starting to once again keep a, a little journal and, and write down things. And I used to have a, uh, you know, a Google Docs, you know, a, a document online. So it would be on my phone. It would be on, on my iPad where I could keep ideas. If it was just a phrase I heard. But you really have to be tuned into things that you see or hear and, um, and write down you know, write stuff down and then, um, and then start working on it, I guess. I, the easiest way to write, I mean, for somebody that's a total beginner is to like, maybe take some music that already exists and then write some new words to it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a parody. It could be like, you know, like Paul Simon's Americans, American song, I think is written by Bach, I think. You know, so I mean, you can. It doesn't have to be, you know, funny. Or you could take a, you know, an Appalachian fiddle tune and write new words to it. Um, but that's a that's a way to start. Um, um, although I have you know, I've got rhyming dictionaries and I look mm -hmm. up, sometimes I'll look up words on the online that you know, a rhyming dictionary. A lot of times it either has to, it has to be something I go through on my head, you know, that I, uh, you know, I just find the word right away. Otherwise it's, it seems like it's a force fit. <laughs> <laughs> it just works better if I can think of it right off the bat. Um, but that that might be me. You know, other people might have different approaches. Some people like to block out, you know, figure out the story first. And then I have, 
I, I have a tendency to just let it happen and then I start rearranging things and then mm -hmm. I, it's more like a story editor. I can change the plot of something by moving things around. Or getting rid of things too. Right? Yeah, or getting rid. Yeah, I definitely yeah. do that. Yeah. So, or, or you can, and you, what you get rid of, you can save for another song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be be frugal. Yeah, um, I recycle songs. Yeah, I, I tend to take if a song doesn't work, then I or melt. You know, sometimes I'll save the chords, like the the song that I wrote about. Um, you know the what if there are no more witnesses that that thing that's kind of a it ended up being a goofy song about alexa you know the 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 home the amazon thing that was like the witness okay <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a stretch but i like the i like the chords that i came up with so it could be that you know i may uh lose the lyrics completely and write a new song with that mm -hmm. so. Now, do I did I understand you right? You're saying at one point you were thinking of uh, doing like s serious study with an instructor on on songwriting. Is that correct? Oh, I still yeah, I still might do that. Yeah, yeah. Susan Catania, um, she teaches at um, at Berkeley. She's a great singer and a great songwriter too. But um, but I, anyway, I. You know, I've played in a couple of showcases with her, and I thought oh, it'd be good to have somebody just give me assignments and, you know, work on my songs and stuff like that. So then the virus hit and, you know, I, I, it would probably be a good time to do it, you know, because now we could do it by, by Zoom. It'd probably be better, actually. Yeah. Save on a commute. Yeah, save on driving into Boston. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what would you get out of that, do you, do you think? What would be the benefit of that? I think mentoring is always good. I think having somebody push me along and, and also the fact that I'd be, you know, I'd have to pay for it. it you you kind of want to get your money's worth out of it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you know, you kind of want to keep moving with it. Um, you know, it's the same thing with uh, with it really with any kind of lessons. You know, it's like guitar lessons. There's guitar lessons I'd like to take and mandolin lessons I'd like to take. And, you know, just uh, especially at my age, it kind of keeps the brain working too. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, um, let's see. So, you, uh, you mentioned that uh, one of the things you really enjoyed was hearing someone performing your songs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does yeah, that happen often? Um, well, your group has done Marriage of Convenience, so that's been that's been uh, that doesn't get old, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Especially because it's a whole different. I uh, you know you guys do a whole different take on it. It's you know it's it becomes more of a it's slower. It's a little bit slower and a little bit. It's just a different way, and then, um, um, you know, another group, uh, Chachunk, that plays at, you know, at Luthiers. They uh, they do my 
Please Mr. Squirrel song, it becomes a different it becomes a different animal, pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> they do a wonderful job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I was trying to think if I've had any other there was one guy that did was doing Love on the Line live, but I never got to hear that. He he passed away, but I, I never got to hear that. But hmm. So it is, yeah. It's 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 pretty neat when you hear somebody do a song, because that's something I I kind of reserve that for people like Tom Paxton or John, people that cover John Prine or you know. So that's kind of it's definitely an honor. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware the the theme song for this show is heavily derived from Marriage of Convenience. It is. Yeah, it's instrumental yeah. intro and outro. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> so I asked Bruce, who plays the guitar on it, and I said, you know, what, what should we do? He said, well, I know a great progression, and you know how it goes, so let's, let's do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so you, you'll notice the next time you listen to it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and both he and Chachunk are very good at adapting songs, making them their own. Yeah, and I, I, when I do covers, I know this is a story, this is a show about songwriting, but when I do covers, I almost try to approach it as if I'm creating my own song, too. Hmm. So I think that's, I think sometimes songwriters need to do, um, they need to do a few other songs, because that gives people a reference point for how they, how they sound or where their where their thinking is too. So I think how you handle a, a cover, you know, if you do if you do it exactly the way somebody did it, you know, with the same, you know, the same breaks and the same drum roll and everything like that, then you just become a tribute band, you know. But if you take it and do something completely different with it. Um, well, it's like Bonnie Raitt doing Angel from Montgomery, you know, mm -hmm. by John Prine. I mean, she made that, that was that was her song. You know, it's like uh, she made it her own, kind of. So, that's good. You know, and the same thing, you know, the same thing with, with uh, you know, you guys doing Marriage of Convenience and, and uh, Chachunk doing Squirrel, I think that's it's a difference it's a you know they're doing their own thing with it and i think that's really that's really cool perhaps expands the uh the possibilities of of what you created yeah yeah, yeah. um so what are the thoughts you have about songwriting um is that you would want to share with with our audience or with the world at large uh, just to keep what I need to tell myself is to just keep doing it and, you know, do it more often and be willing to be willing to fail at it, you know, uh, try it out and test it out and see what people think or just see, you know, record it and see what, what, what you think of it. I mean, it has to, it has to meet my, you know, my standards for, you know what I want to do, and I—I I never know exactly whether 
sometimes when I started to do a song, I never know if it's going to be, um, you know, it used to be that I only wanted to write funny songs. I just, I didn't want to be vulnerable or, you know, let people know how I, re how I was really thinking. So everything was a funny song. That's all I did. And yet people would, people would look at me and say, how come you're not smiling? <laughs> you know? And, uh, um, so I like to, you know, sometimes songs can go either way. Now I'm not afraid to write a sad song or a ballad or some songs have a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you record the songs you write and then play them back to yourself? Is that what, something you do as a, as oh, a yeah. practice? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, now with, with, you know, cell phones, you can just record something really quick and listen to it. Uh, a lot of times, one of the other things that happens with me probably because of my age, you know, and probably because of my lungs is I have to, sometimes I have to change words, the phrasing, just to get the words out. I just can't sing fast enough. So, or I'll, or I'll stumble on words or, or I'll find that I'm popping my peas on the microphone or something like that. So I have to, I'll change, sometimes I'll change words just to get through things. A little bit easier, and it, and that's true. Uh, you know, when I was work, when I was started working on this new album, um, you know, we, you know, I was having trouble with certain things, or there's certain, or there'd be certain, not just words, but on the uh, guitar parts. You know, I think, well, geez, maybe I shouldn't try to do that. Be so fancy there, where I'm trying to sing words too. It's like keep it simple through that part mm -hmm. and then in the break I can cut loose a little bit but, so I don't know some, it's all this balancing act of what to do when and how much to do it and you know trying not to strain finding the right keys you know that's mm -hmm. a lot of times that's a that's a problem with my with my voice you know figuring out where to how many beats per measure, you know, how, how fast to do it, how, what key to do it in. It's just, but that's all part of the process. But that, that gets pretty, that happens pretty late in the process. Usually it just starts out with a, mm -hmm. you know, I'll hear a cliche or a pun or somebody will say something or I'll see some, some, somebody do something stupid on Facebook or something like that. It can become a, I can think of a, a song. For example, what, well, well, I mean, the, like the song, the, the Love on the Line, that started out as a, uh, I heard a commercial where somebody was, you know, it was the whole radio, it was a radio commercial and it was all done on a voicemail machine, you know, and you heard the beep, you know. And it was people talking back and forth, and I thought, well, what if those people never met? You know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, so I, then I kind of I started fooling around with that. And then sometimes, sometimes you just figure out a punchline at the end, at the very end, and you think, boy, I'm clever. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you, you just go, oh, that's pretty cool.
<laughs> you know, <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't. You know, sometimes there isn't a punchline, but those are kind of. It's kind of neat when you when you come up with something that's almost like a. It's a song, but also it can be a joke. You know, it, can, it you know it's like there's something funny at the end that there's a little bit of a twist that builds people up. So. So yeah, I, I notice there are times when you, whether whether it's obvious or not, but I feel like sort of uplifted or inspired by your songs. Uh, <laughs> they they aren't the kind of what we associate generally with that that feeling, but uh, it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so far, so good. I think is an example yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah, that has a little bit of it has a little bit of humor and a little bit of point poignancy I guess that's the word yeah absolutely yeah that's yeah. that's how it feels um, well Peter thank you very much for sharing your, your thoughts and your experiences with, with our audience um, I know it's not only interesting but uh, very likely helpful to people who are thinking about you know being songwriters or you know improving their songwriting chops. yeah yeah so uh, one of the so everyone, uh, thank you to Peter Lindorf, and thank you for tuning in. All right, thanks a lot, Dan. Yep. Thanks for watching our show. I'd like to acknowledge the support of the Western Mass Songwriters Collaborative, promoting the original music scene in Western Massachusetts. If you want to learn more about the Collaborative, go to their Facebook page. Thanks for watching. I'm Dr. Dan. I hope you'll tune in again for the show that puts a spotlight on songwriters.